You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Episode of the Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli, and I'm Peter Capal. Uh, <laughs> I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. Oh no, the joke doesn't work anymore. Oh no. <laughs> uh, we're from MindRobber.net, the home site of MindRobber Productions, where we talk about all the things on podcasts. Specifically, this one, the Doctor's Companion, where we talk about Peter Capaldi. Uh, and Doctor <laughs> Who, uh, the Mind Rubbers versus where we pick a show we love and we talk about it episode by episode in short little bursts. Uh, currently, we're talking Batman Beyond. Comes out three three times a week. Uh, they usually range the big ones range are, are usually about a half hour, and then the smaller ones range between like ten or fifteen minutes usually. Um, yeah, Batman Beyond. We just started that. Woo! That, that was awesome. Exciting. So exciting. Um, and then that's also where you can find all of our like big tentpole movie reviews. Uh, I think our next one coming up is Elysium, yeah. um, which will be next week. Uh, we just did The Wolverine. You can go back and check that out. Um, and then coming up is uh, Kick-Ass 2 and The World's End. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we basically talk about everything else uh, that we don't talk about on those other shows. If you like them, uh, you should review them on iTunes. Uh, if you don't, uh, keep it to yourself. Um, but if you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, email them to us at podcast.mindrobber.net. If you want to start a discussion, add it to the comments on this post on the website so everyone can know what you're thinking um, and might want to join in on your discussion. And then most importantly, tell your friends. Uh, unless they uh, they didn't uh, like the Peter Capaldi news. In, in case, uh, oh well, whatever. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, yeah, Peter, uh, Peter Capaldi, the 12th Doctor. Um, that is a thing now. Uh, I personally, I think that this is this is great. And I'm excited about what he brings to the role. But at the end of the day, like, I don't feel like there is an actor out there that would have gotten the role that I wouldn't have loved because the whole idea of this this uh, Doctor Who thing is that you embrace change. Mm-hmm. And I so I love that they're they're really like it's it's really surprising that the BBC agreed to some to, to an actor that is going to bring so much uh fandom uproar um and when i say fandom i say fandom in air quotes um because i'm talking about the people who only like matt smith um but uh look uh, san diego comic-con panels are going to be a lot less full of 14 year old girls that's all i'm saying um and that's a good thing (laughs) i would say (laughs) um that's a good thing for the fandom. I don't know if that's a good thing for the BBC. 
And I have a theory that Peter Capaldi probably won't be around for very long. Um, but that's just me being a cynic, I guess. I don't know. But I, I know, I think I'm going to love him. I just think that in, in like, uh, in 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 the idea that like BBC, I think is going to start bleeding money once he takes over the Doctor, because in like merchandising and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I think that they will be like, oh, this was a this was a bad idea. Um, because at the end of the day, like it doesn't matter how good Peter Capaldi is. All that matters is that the BBC is or isn't making money on merchandising. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I, and at the end of the day, I think I could understand that. Um, so my theory is he'll be the doctor for about two years and then in, in and out. He'll be just a little bit longer than Eccleston. That's what I think. But <laughs> um, I do really love it. I love the choice. I think that he's going to bring something really new and interesting uh, to the role. Um, and uh, it's weird having a new name on the list. It's yes. a weird – it's very strange. There are only 12 people in 50 years who have played the doctor um, and now he's one of them. That's kind of, uh, it's kind of amazing. It's kind of amazing. Um, so what, 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 what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm basically on the same, uh, in the same boat as you. Like there was, there was a bunch of speculation leading up to it. And it's funny because Capaldi's name kept coming up and I was like, they're not going to do that. Um, that just mm. felt, it felt to me like, um, just the longest shot. Of, hmm. It felt like the longest shot outside of like the the big A list celebrities, which were always ridiculous. Like Idris Elba is not going to play the Doctor. Helen Mirren is not going to play the Doctor. Yeah. Um, and it has nothing to do with them being bl- black and or a woman. It's just that they're like <laughs> they're like huge stars. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they're not going to slum it in a in a science in like a cheap sci fi show. Like they're just yeah. not. Uh, um, Matt Smith is paid very well. He isn't making Helen Mirren money. Right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I heard it and I was like, oh, that's kind of um, that's kind of a, an out there sort of thought. Like I never I never thought that that was going to happen. And then when and when when you announced it or when you told me because you were the fir- you were the first person who told me and it was on text, I was just like, really. And what's funny is like because it's weird because I think that this is, I feel like he's like the biggest name. Um, who's been the doctor in a while? Because uh, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like other people like have been in stuff, but never like amazing stuff. Whereas Capaldi's like Capaldi's had a mainlining role in a bunch of things, um, mm-hmm. w- which is an interesting choice. And it it's one of those things that to me feels like um, I don't know. It it feels to me like Moffat's trying something new. Moffat, we know. Uh, is big is big on like famous casting like th- this is the guy who's gotten John Hurt to be you know the doctor in uh, uh, the 50th or whoever that character ends up being um if it isn't the doctor and uh I'm, I mean it's just it's just interesting to me because it is such a name and I was re- watching an interview with Moffat uh last night where he was just like no it's great to get a good name and I'm just like but I I kind of like there not being a name to this guy but I mean it'll be interesting to see I'm definitely really excited um I went on a Twitter shred last night when I finally got to a computer where I could just crunch some numbers and it's like uh, Capaldi has totally changed a lot of things about Doctor Who and just the 12 hour or the 24 hours that he's been announced as the doctor um, and just like you know he's 55 which is the oldest I think he's he's the second oldest person to be cast as the doctor because Hartnell was 55 when he was cast but he was two months older um, mm-hmm. which is 
amazing. And like suddenly like above average doctors used to be like a bunch of people, but um, because above average in terms of age at the time of casting used to be, um, you know, a lot bigger. Uh, there used to be a lot more and now there's like way less. I think the only above average doctors now are like Hartnell and Troughton and Pertwee. And this is like, this like he just completely and and McCoy and he's like totally changed that like I'm just so fascinated by just how much he's changing things and I'm like super into it and all those promo pictures that they have of him or whatever p- pictures people are using just highlight just this manic quality to him and just this sense of like debonair um mm-hmm. which is really nice like you know mm-hmm. and I yeah I, no I'm 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 really excited and the thing that the the part of this whole process that I I I forgot I always forget about because. You know, I, I, I mean, I obviously I wasn't around for any of the uh, pre uh, McGann uh, regenerations. I was actually there for a McGann re- regeneration. Of course, at the time, I didn't really know what that meant, and I didn't, I, I, I barely knew what I was watching. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I was ten. <laughs> um, <laughs> 10 or 11, something like that. Um, I forget like when exactly in the year it, it aired, but I was like 10 or 11. Um, but uh, when I didn't find out about the relaunch of the show until after David Tennant was already announced. And when he was announced as the doctor, like he was announced with like promo pictures of him in his costume already. Um, mm. So like, I forgot about this whole process where you find out who the doctor is and then you're like, oh, but I still have no idea what the doctor looks like. <laughs> um, and you, and you don't for like nine months uh, or something like that. I think for, for Matt Smith, it was like almost a year. Um, but I hope they don't do the, what they did with Matt Smith where they don't take promo pictures and we just get a bunch of spy photos for a while. Um, I really hope they don't do that this time. Like just, just as soon as you know what the costume is, just start, just take pictures of him, like promo pictures of him in the costume. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's I think it'd be silly otherwise, um, but it's going to be it's going to be uh, it's going to be strange and it's going to be especially strange because I think um, I, I don't I don't know for sure, but he certainly looks a lot taller than Matt Smith, Oh yeah, uh, which makes his uh, his his post regeneration going to be very interesting. He's going to look like Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. Which, which is uh, so fascinating. Like, I mean, the guy just looks kooky, which is great because um, the mm-hmm. doctor kind of needs to look like super like a weirdo. He just needs to. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, it's going to I mean, everything about it is going to be weird and new. It's just really I mean, I, I find myself just so excited by it all. Um, mm-hmm. There's because this guy could be anything. And it is such a it's such a departure from what we're expecting. Like we haven't mm-hmm. seen anyone play because like. 55 is different now than it was 50 years ago. Uh, Hartnell Mm -hmm. died at the age of 67. Um, And when he was the doctor, he was 55 to 58. Like, just to, like, so when you realize that he was playing 80, you're just like, oh, damn. Like, he was really good. Um, Yeah. And I'm not saying that he wasn't dying while he was doing the role, because he was definitely doing that. But um, (laughs) but, uh, I'm looking at, I'm looking at this, and it's just, I mean, it's just so fascinating, because, you know, Capaldi for all for his age is still going to bring a ridiculous amount of energy to it. Um, mm. uh, and but I have no idea what that energy is going to be. Oh, it's exciting beyond yeah. anything. Um, oh, it's it's so exciting. Yeah, because um, like I mean, one of the things that we've been talking about is like just off mic is just well, what's what's the next Doctor even going to look like? And it's like, well, this is what he's going to look like, and it's going to and it's totally different than anything I've seen uh, mm-hmm. in, in 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 
decades, really. Um, mm-hmm. And that's impossibly exciting. Uh, and it's impossibly cool and fun. And it's going to be really cool. And honestly, like the best part about this, I think, that might help it in terms of fandom is that Moffat isn't leaving. Um Mm. Just because that sense of continuity of story is going to help, even if it's just for one season. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, who knows how many people are going to turn it off the second that Matt Smith regenerates. But all they need is one story. That's all we needed the last time. Um, Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, Morgan worked like gangbusters. It's true. So the 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 only the only uh, thing, though, this time is um, uh, we're going to get Peter Capaldi. Uh, regenerating from Matt Smith, and then we're going to get nine months of waiting. <laughs> um, last time we only had three months of waiting. Yeah. Um, which was about the right amount of time, I think, oh, between yeah. a regeneration and um, the first adventure with the new doctor. Because those three months felt like an eternity. Um, I remember those three months. Uh, those were the three months that we started this show. Um and I w- when when Randy was the co-host, and I remember those three months because we tried to go weekly, and we didn't really know what we were doing at the time, so we were just sort of making it up as we go, and we were like watching Moffat shows and trying to like figure out what we think his version of Doctor Who would be, and we like took a look at all of his episodes, and it just it felt like it was going on forever, and we were like running out of content <laughs> um, because because Randy didn't want to watch any of Classic Who. Um, so it was like, I remember those three months just taking forever. Um, and, and now like we're going to have nine months, nine months. Thankfully we know how to program this show now, but, um, (laughs) yeah, but, but, uh, nine months, nine months. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's going to hurt. Yeah. I think that's really going to hurt. Um, I, but I can tell you this right now, uh, like, I guarantee you Clara is going to be written as from the perspective of all those 14 year old girls. Um, <laughs> I guarantee it. I guarantee it. How many He's going to regenerate and she's just not going to stop talking about how old he is. Yeah. You're just uh, so um, old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and then the doctor's going to be like, I, I was old before. I don't understand. <laughs> oh uh, man. Yeah. Well, It'll be it'll be interesting to see, and I'm 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 super excited. Like, and it's oh, nice. So to, it's nice to add a new name to the list and all that, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. All that stuff is just, I mean, it's great. We're in a good. Place. I can't wait to see what he wears. <laughs> Have you seen those pictures of him in in uh, in those uh, those like fifties glasses? No, you haven't seen those. Oh, I want. That's what I want. I want him to wear those so bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, was, that's, I saw that and I was just like, oh, that's it. That's how he's the doctor. There it is. Well, let me see the, if I can find you a picture. That's the thing is like looking at looking at Smith like because they put Smith in Eccleston clothes for those promo pictures and they looked horrible. Like they did. They looked horrible. But I remember when I saw that first. Those were Eccleston clothes. You know, I never put that together. That's yeah, funny. They're, they're Eccleston clothes. Um, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> um, but I remember because that was before they'd even come up with the outfit. They had literally just cast him. I don't think they'd gotten the outfit yet. But um, I remember that when they when they did those spy photos of uh, Angel's. Uh, angels are, are, are flesh and stone or angels 
Return of the End. Time of Angels. There it is. There it, it is. is. Really <laughs> early. It is so early. Um, <laughs> not not Angels Take Manhattan. Not no, that one. No, thank God. Um, uh, <laughs> Could you imagine that in the first season? Oh my God. I would. We all probably would have loved it. I'll be honest with you. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, but uh, where where they just did that shot of him sitting on the um, sitting on those trailer steps with uh, Karen Gillan. In costume, and I remember I just had that open as a tab on my computer for, like, a year. Like, just a, a year, because I was just so into it. Like, because I just couldn't mm-hmm. stop looking at him in that outfit. Because it was so instantly iconic to me. Yeah. Um, and I can't, I can't wait to see... What they know. come up with for him, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They should put yeah. a scarf on him or something. <laughs> I've, I've I've been saying that every time. Um, I have a I have a I have a funny uh, I have a thing where like I want the first black doctor to have a scarf. Um, I just do like I just picture like the like like black guy in a scarf and I'm just like yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I want I want um I want. I think I want... it has something to do with Luther. I think it's Luther related. I don't know. Oh, it's it's undoubtedly Luther related. But um, yeah. I I really want I really want uh Capaldi to come in wearing a um an ascot. That'd be great. I don't know why I'm so <laughs> obsessed with ascots. I, I, that, that would be actually awesome. I would oh, love that. It would be so cool. Nothing, do you nothing. see those pictures of him in glasses? Oh, let me let me click. Let me click. Let me click the link. Everyone, calm down. Everyone, <laughs> everyone, relax. Oh, that's so sexy. Oh, that's isn't so that sexy. great? Yeah. Oh, I'd love him in glasses. I think that'd be great. Yeah. Also, also, I love that Moffat is basically just inserting him into the show by hiring a an old cranky Scott to be the doctor. Anyways, so I'm done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you? I forget who said it, but I think I retweeted it at one point. Somebody was like, was like, I really wish, uh, I really wish Stephen Moffat had just had just like you know, <laughs> just balled up and just went. I'm the doctor. <laughs> just like revealed himself as the 12th doctor. And he just comes out in pert we clothes, just like, yeah. and I'm in costume. And you're just yeah, like. Yeah, and just starts rolling around the stage. And everyone's like, oh, he's uh, he's finally lost his mind. Look at that. Just pointing his sonic screwdriver at people. Yeah. <laughs> and doing the pert we claws, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would have, I would have laughed till I cried, and then, and then everyone, <laughs> and then I just imagine the BBC just being like, "This is like that time that Robespierre just like walked around uh, Paris, just like pretending he was Jesus, like in the French <laughs> Revolution, like oh my God, where he wa- where he like erupted from a paper mache volcano, and he was wearing like mm. a diaper." Oh, <laughs> oh that would have been. Oh, been so legit. anyway, Peter Capaldi, the twelfth Doctor, uh, we got a while. Uh, so sit tight. <laughs> See you next year, Peter Capaldi. Looking forward to it. Looking, yeah. looking forward. No, it, yeah, to- totally. Uh, th- this time next year is when his uh, his first adventure will air. Um, but uh, in theory, there's a rumor um, that that uh, the 50th anniversary is actually the regeneration episode. Um, I'm I'm kind of hoping for that. Um, not because I don't love you know I don't love Matt Smith and I won't I won't miss him. Um, cause I will, I think, I think he was really raw as a great doctor when they, when he had the material, he was awesome, but I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait a year for Peter Capaldi's first episode. Oh God. no! Uh, oh my God. Um, like, can you imagine like getting that, getting that post regen, like uh, small post regen scene and then just being like, I, I think I understand. And then just waiting nine months. <laughs> oh, that's going to be so rough. Um, <clears throat> Anyway, all right. Let's, well, let's jump to a half doctor. 
Yeah. <laughs> today, uh, today we're talking about Attack of the Cybermen, which is a Six Doctor story. Um, it's also his first like real story. Yes. Um, because the one right before that takes place right before this, the Twin Dilemma, um, which is you know regeneration story, so it doesn't count. And really, let's just not count it. <laughs> um, uh, so Attack of the Cybermen. Um, uh, I, you look, I, I've seen a lot of Colin Baker now, um, mm-hmm. most of Colin Baker. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's only, what, three stories I haven't seen of his? Mark of the Ronnie, Two Doctors, and Revelation of the Daleks. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, so I've seen now, like, the majority of Colin Baker, um, which is kind of a bummer because Colin Baker. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I have, I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts. Um. But I imagine there's quite a bit of background significance for this. So, uh, Matt, why don't you uh, why don't you let everybody know? Yeah, Attack of the Cybermen. This is the kickoff to season 22, which is the first proper Colin Baker season, like you said. Um, significant first off because it is the transition from uh, the 25 minute episode to the 45 minute episode. This is where uh, uh, they decide to go for a little bit more adult, and uh, as as they say on the making of featurette, go for something a little bit more complex and a little bit more dramatic and a little bit more uh, mature. Um, and uh, so it's it's important for that stories in this season are not 25 minutes and four episodes apart or four episodes uh, per story. They are two episodes per story, mo- mostly and 45 minutes per. Um, so that's important uh, as it's directed by Matthew Robinson, which I'm mentioning really quickly because it's the easiest thing to get away with. Or just to just to mention, um, Matthew Robinson had previously directed Resurrection of the Daleks, and they'd really liked what he'd done there. They'd liked his um, his sense of action and pacing, and so they just brought him into Attack of the Cybermen. We're like, yeah, let's do that. Um, uh, but on the behind the scenes, <laughs> um, so uh, John Nathan Turner wanted to do a really great introduction story, so he hired, so he had Eric Sayward and 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 Nathan Turner both got together and said, "Let's do a Cyberman story. We really liked Earthshock. Let's do a Cyberman story." So Eric Sayward was like, "Great, I want to write it," and John Nathan Turner was like, "Yeah, no." you're already going to illegally basically or outside of guild rules hire yourself for the dalek story at the end of the at the end of the year i'm not letting you write the cyberman story you're not doing it and eric sayward was like screw you i'm writing it <laughs> um so uh sayward gets together with ian levine uh who's my two did not get along oh, they really didn't oh Sayward hates it. But, like, in his defense, I understand Sayward wanting to write stuff, but it's also, like, you know, if Sayward writes one story out of a, out of six episodes and then he writes a second story out of six episodes, he's taking jobs away from writers when he has a job, which is yeah. bad. Um, yeah. Uh, so Sayward gets together with Ian Levine, who was working with the production co- production team at the time and just saying, like, hey, what if we do this? Like, he was the guy who brought in uh, the Sea Devils and the Silurians. He was the one who had the idea to bring in um, stuff about the Cybermen originally. Like, he was the, quote-unquote, unofficial, con- unofficial continuity advisor. And so Sayward was like, well, what can we do with the Cybermen? And Elon Levine was like, well, let's go back to their first thing, and we can do something with the 10th planet. We can do something with um, with with uh, uh, Tomb of the Cybermen, which is one of my favorite stories, even though it doesn't exist anymore. And we could we could do this, and we could do that. And so – like, Hold on. Let me, let me just let – me just <laughs> – let me just lay this out for people. They're about to do a sequel to a story 
that neither of them have watched in years, and I don't believe Eric Sayward had ever seen. Oh, he hadn't seen it. Eric Sayward had never seen it. He had he's seen... doing a sequel. He's writing a sequel to a story he'd never seen. Yeah, something that was like 20 years previously, and uh, he had only seen still photographs of of the set. <laughs> um, so Ian Levine comes up with all these ideas, uh, and then uh... Eric Sayward's like, okay, well, I'm going to write them. But then he remembers that John Nathan Turner said, don't write the story. So he brings in a friend of his named Paula Wolseley, who I think was an ex-girlfriend or something like that, and uh, brings her in and basically says, okay, we're going to write the story. Now, here's the thing. According to Ian Levine, Paula Wolseley wrote nothing, or Wolsey wrote nothing. And according to Eric Sayward, like, Eric Sayward is not allowed to say that she did nothing, but he basically says that she did nothing. Um, <laughs> and Sarah used it as an excuse to basically go re- ghostwrite it himself, credit it to someone who wasn't even Paula Wolsey, N- credits it to Paula Moore, which is a pseudonym. Uh, so many pseudonyms in Doctor Who. So many. So many pseudonyms. So many. Um, and, uh, <laughs> so he credits it to Paula Moore and then basically goes out and, and, uh, uh, makes the story. Um, Having essentially ghostwritten it, and Ian Levine really, really, really pissed off that he doesn't get a writer's credit for basically coming up with a bunch of ideas. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which he doesn't know how writing credit works. Right, exactly. Um, It's it's like that script shadow guy saying, I'm a producer, and not knowing what a producer does. Um, Mm -hmm. That is is a reference for no one. (laughs) For no one. Um, (laughs) So uh, this is a story that has been hotly contested for a while. This was... Considered ridiculously violent, and it is a sequel to uh, Tomb of the Cybermen in a lot of ways. Uh, it f- picks up on a bunch of threads that go from Tomb of the Cybermen that kind of don't make any sense if you've never seen Tomb of the Cybermen. Um, and uh, that's really like the most important background of it is just like Eric Sayward's a jerk and <laughs> made himself let himself do a Cyberman story despite not having done it, and just by, and by basically going underhanded into it because. At the end of the day, you look at it and you listen to the way that Sayward talks about it, and it's like, oh, Sayward wrote this. Like, he 100% wrote this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have, a, we have a track record with Sayward, so let's see how it goes. All right, well, uh, before we talk about it, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS, site that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything you can get from a local comic book shop. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off. Regular discounts of 40% off. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. You only pay six ninety five in flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. Uh, you know, you don't have a local comic book shop. This is your answer. If you do and it sucks, this is still your answer. Um, DCBService.com. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, Attack of the Cybermen. Um, here's the thing. Uh, here's why I love doing this show with you. Um, I love doing this show with you because when we do an, when we do a story, um, there are, there are a lot of stories. There are like you know a couple dozen stories in in Doctor Who that are in Classic Who specifically that I haven't seen and that you were like, you, you make legendary in my head in how awful they are. And then I watch them and I almost always think that wasn't that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and I I, like, here's the thing. Is this a very good doctor who story? No, not at all. But Colin Baker's great in it. And, and, uh, it's, it's kind of entertaining the whole time. 
Like, I was never bored. Um, it is really ridiculously violent. Um, but at the same time, it's like you have two people who don't really know what they're doing um, running this show at this point, <laughs> And they want to make a more adult Doctor Who. They think that that's, that's going to be the, the, the saving grace of this show because I think they can, I think they can, they can smell what's coming. Um, and so, I, you know, obviously this wasn't a kid's show anymore. Um, and they were trying to uh, do basically what comic books did in the 80s, um, which is like, oh, you know, it's funny. Most of our audience tends to be adults, not kids anymore. Why are we still writing for kids? Um, and so that's what they do. The problem is that um, they had no idea what they were doing. So they were like, we'll just write the same kinds of stories, only make them not make sense and make them more violent. And that's for adults, right? <laughs> no. Eric Zayward. No, Jonathan Nathan Turner. That's not how you write a story for adults. Um, so, so you can, I, like, I, I'm watching this and I can feel, I can understand every choice they're making, like, from a, like, scientific standpoint. Like, I just get it. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, okay, if you're crunching the numbers, this makes sense. Um, in the way that, a, you know, a Batman Superman movie makes sense for Warner Brothers. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, like, like I, I, it all makes sense it's just like it's just it's not a very good story um at all it's really not and and but it's it's a thing where it's like i'm watching this and i feel like they just don't understand how to do an adult doctor who Mm -hmm. um a more mature doctor who they don't understand how that makes so they make the same childlike you know immature doctor who that they've always made except now with more violence um and adult themes but that's mm-hmm. it. Uh, that's the only changes to it, um, which is, you know, uh, problematic. Um, and, and I think that's ultimately the problem with this story is that it's, it's, it feels like a wolf in sheep's clothing um, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, yeah, no, we're totally making adult who now. And it's like, well, no, you're not. You're just making more violent who. Um, yeah. That's, that's different. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not the same thing. Um, but, you know, uh, what can you expect from, from a couple of guys who just spent, you know, three years making a, a children's show? Um, mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I don't know. It's just such an extreme change. Oh, yeah. From, like, because we just watched a Peter Davison story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just such an extreme swing from Peter Davison to mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's, and it's because it's, like, it's an extreme swing. But then from a storytelling standpoint, it's really not at all. Like, it's really not at all. Um, it's just, it's literally just violence and death. That's it. Yeah. That's all they added. Um, and a doctor, doctor that shoots things. Um, (laughs) Oh, does he shoot things? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, does he shoot things? Like, (laughs) um, but, but you know, I, I, but I, I do, I, I was never bored. So, uh, I got to give them that. Like, this is, this is not a boring story. Like, this is just a, like, oh, you know, a a WTF were they thinking kind of story. Oh, yeah. All of, (laughs) Um, all of my notes for this are all just why. Like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. They're all just like, I I put down so many notes as I, as I came to them and I tried not to do a bunch of notes and half of my notes are just why, like, why, like, why do this? And the problem that I come up to with this, cause like, I look, I don't like this story. I find it, I find it very tasteless and I just, I don't care for it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know what you mean about how it's very watchable. Um, cause it is like Matthew Robinson is a great director. 
Uh, mm-hmm. He's a really, really great director, and putting him on the show was a good was a good thing. Like they wanted him to be like the new Graham Harper. Um, actually, that's a lie. They wanted him to be the new Peter Grimwade because Grimwade was supposed to direct Resurrection, and then uh, John Nathan Turner was butt hurt for reasons we'll get to when we get to Resurrection of the Daleks. Um, uh, and and fired Matthew and fired him and brought in Matthew Robinson. But Robinson is like a really good successor to uh, Grimwade. Mm-hmm. The problem is that. Uh, two, there's two problems. One, Nathan Turner's interests are awful. Um, they're really, really bad. They're, I mean, from a from a I like good stories standpoint, he is not the guy you want in charge of the show because the guy has no idea what good stories are. Like he just doesn't know. Um, mm-hmm. it's beyond it's beyond his capabilities, and that's fine. His job then is to hire someone who does know good stories. And the problem is that Eric Sayward also doesn't know good stories because Eric Sayward just doesn't understand what he's doing. And to this day, still doesn't understand where he went wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I, I told you to watch the, the behind-the-scenes featurette, and there's this part of the behind-the-scenes featurette where he defends himself um, by where, where, some people, where he goes, you know, some people say that the point in, like, the, there's all a bunch of senseless and pointless death in my Doctor Who, and I don't, I don't think that's right. Like, take the stuff at the end with Bates and Stratton and Griffith. Um, they, they get to the rocket ship, and then uh, Bates is electrocuted, and then Stratton and Griffith are, are shot down by a Cyberman. That's not pointless. These guys have struggled. They've they've dealt with they've 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 risked their life and when when they die, it's sad. I'm like No. Um <laughs> like like I just heard him say that and I was like, you did not understand that what you just said is that their death is pointless because he's like they've struggled and they fought for it. And sometimes you just die. And it's like <laughs> that's you're literally having people die just to have them die. They fought, they they have earned to win. But you just said no, they're gonna die. Like it's just mm-hmm. like it's just like and 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 him saying that is proof positive that this story is about nothing because he's saying mm-hmm. nothing with their death. And if you watch the story, those characters like look, I don't like those characters. Bates and Stratton are awful. Um not the least of which is like Bates is like generic gritty teeth like badass like like 80s guy you know like tough guy like his first scene with stratton is just him just shouting at him at how stratton's useless um Mm -hmm. so i don't care about this guy but the problem is like when they do die they go out in a moment of carnage that is no that is never commented on after that moment um at least with Lytton's death at the end of the story, the doctor gets to say, well, that sucked. Um, but with Bates's death, Bates's death is so pointless. One second he's there and then he's gone. And I get that you, I get that he's trying to just say that carnage happens in the world, but he's not saying anything about that. He's not saying, like, he's saying it's sad. I don't feel sad by that moment. <laughs> like, because no. you don't care about these people because they're, they're not just con- cannon fodder. Oh yeah, and like, and then you're dealing, and then it's just like, and then you're just, then your story's about nothing because at the end of the day, Attack of the Cybermen. Like, I look at the story and it's like, what's it about? Like, mm-hmm. and it's not about anything. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it like the Doctor at the end says, "Oh, I maybe misjudged Litton." It's like, well, did you? Like, I, I mm-hmm. guess you did, but Litton never seemed like a super bad guy in this. Like, he wasn't. He didn't really do anything. He talked about robbing a bank that he'd never robbed. Um, and, and, uh, and the doctor's just like, well, I guess, I guess I, I guess I misjudge people. It's like, but at what point are you misjudging people in the story? It's not about that. And 
then then all your death becomes like like I guess it's about people misjudging things, but that's not a theme. <laughs> and it's like that's a thing that happens. Um and that's why that's why this story fails. Um mm-hmm. Because then it's just a bunch of continuity referencing, which so much, like just so much continuity referencing, um, mm-hmm. and not in a natural way. Oh, um, yes, absolutely. Because uh, Eric Sayward had never seen the stories that he's referencing, <laughs> um, so he's just referencing facts uh, that are probably fed to him um, by Ian Levine. Mm-hmm. Uh, All of that's which. It. All of which are just continuity things, like, and then the Cybermen were on Telos, and they ha- and on Telos they had freezers, and in freezers were Cybermen. None of the things have to do with you know the the society of magicians who were in Tomb of the Cybermen, or like what those characters were like, or what that or that how that story was a space under siege, or Cybermats, or any of that. None of that is in the story because none of those things matter to Ian Levine, who worked on this story. Um, and I'm not saying that he wrote it. I'm saying that he worked on it. He clearly, clearly worked on it because this didn't come from Sayward. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, then you're just referencing things and you're just doing it for the sake of referencing them. I mean, like, I mean, look at the TARDIS. Like, when I, the first time I saw this, I was like, why are why is the TARDIS doing this? Because this was, I, saw, I think I saw this early on when I didn't really care, when I cared too much. Um but but Nathan Turner asked that they throw in something about the TARDIS getting its chameleon circuit changed, and he did that just to bait fans. Like that's mm-hmm. actually why he did it. Um, and at that point, like then you're not even doing anything for reasons other than to like deal with the fans you have, and that's a comics problem, and it's a wrong problem to have. Like that's mm-hmm. not what you should be doing. Um, because. By this point, Doctor Who is so interested in navel-gazing that it's just not interesting to anyone. Like, this story is only interesting to you and me because we're Doctor Who fans. If you showed this to anyone who watched the show now, they'd be like, this is dumb. Like, Mm -hmm. this is dumb. It doesn't, like, not only has it not aged well, but it just doesn't play to anyone who doesn't like the show. And who doesn't even like the show. And even then, to people who like the show, like you or me, it's just like, well, what's the point? Like, mm-hmm. why, like, why, why do this? Like, why even, why even do this? Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, it's just, that's what, that's why this ends up just being a cataclysmic failure, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I mean, my, my thing is, um, I just go into every Colin Baker story knowing that uh, there's only, you know, a handful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I, that's, that's mostly what I focus on when sure. I watch his stories is, is Colin Baker, uh, who I do love dearly. Oh, yes. Um, and it's just, oh, it's such a bummer. Because this is the problem, um, is that, like, Colin Baker as the doctor is 100%, like, 100% John Nathan Turner. Um, and because Eric Sayward, I mean, it's well known that Eric Sayward hated Colin Baker. Um and 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 wrote him out of stories a lot. Um, <laughs> wrote wrote him a, out of this story, like yeah, wrote him right. out of this story. Yeah, because he's a he's a jerk. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, Colin Baker as the Doctor is a total John Nathan Turner thing. Eric Seward hated Colin Baker, um, and so you can tell that John John Nathan Turner is like, you know, I want I want the Sixth Doctor to have this air about him where he's he's sort of. Uh, he's sort of a know-it-all and he gets annoyed when people don't trust him, um, which is, you know, that's, that is a characteristic of, of, uh, of the sixth doctor. Uh, however, the way that Eric Sayward does that um, is 
you know, we, we, we show up at like at the beginning and Perry is just like he show he's showing Perry Haley's comet. Like he just like pulls up right next to it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hey look, Haley's comet, that's cool, right? And she's like, Uh I'm really nervous about the idea that we might crash into it and he's just like, What like I'm I'm showing you Perry Haley's comet and you're just like you're 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 just you're just you're just gonna act like that? Like you're just gonna be scared of it instead of just sit back and enjoy it? What, you don't trust me? You think like and it's and it's and it's and it's it's within the realm of his character, but the problem is that it makes Perry look like a moron. Um mm-hmm. because pulling up next to a comet isn't particularly dangerous. Like Especially, I mean, hasn't I, 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 I like I, I just I feel like if you're gonna do that, like make it more insane. Um, yeah. Like just make it more insane than just pulling up next to a comet. Um, if it's something really insane, like the doctor like pulls like like the doctor just like he just like drops them like right in the middle of like a planet's destruction or something <laughs> like <laughs> then that's a reason to get nervous. Um, but like pulling up next to a, a, a comet just makes Perry look like kind of a moron. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and it's and it's a problem and it's just and, and it's and it's a problem with Eric Sayward as a writer because all he's doing is uh he's 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 fulfilling what John Nathan Turner wants in the doctor in like a very paint by numbers sort of way and as a result it's making his companion look like an idiot. Mhm. Yeah. Which is a problem. It's it a is. a huge problem. It is. And I mean that's just something that's been continuing from the Sayward years like Sayward as with all of them only gets more and more Saywardy. And if you look at, like, the visitation as an example, just because, like, the visitation is the first thing that he did, and this is him, mm-hmm. you know, five years, four four years later, um, the visitation opens with, you know, Adric and the Doctor kind of bickering, like, arguing, having a little mini fight. Mm-hmm. And, and that is Sayward's definition of drama, is people fighting, which, you know, is a very, like, crude way of putting drama, but sure, it's drama. Drama is conflict. Um, and the problem with the problem with this is, and this is this is only exacerbated in um, Revelation of the Daleks, where per- like in this story at least, the Doctor and Perry meet up with um with you know uh, Griffith at least or not Griffith uh Russell who's played by Terry Malloy who's amazing I love Terry Malloy um mm-hmm. but uh they meet up with him. And, you know, that's – and they have an encounter with a Cyberman about, you know, a little over halfway through this story or the first episode. And, you know, by the end of the first episode, they're fully entrenched in the in the drama of it all. In Revelation of the Daleks, the Doctor and Perry don't actually enter the funeral parlor where the Daleks are hiding or where Davros is hiding specifically until episode two and, like, six minutes into episode two. So they're basically spending 48 minutes just wandering around the wilderness fighting – like just fighting and just being bitter mm-hmm. and mean to each other in like like an old married couple way, but in a way where you're just like, I don't understand why these two are together. And looking at this, yeah. like the problem isn't that Colin Baker and Nicola Bryant don't have chemistry because they do. The problem is that the words they're given to say are just so mean spirited to each other and it's so bitter and it's so 
like just contrite that I you just you can't root for these people like mm-hmm. you're just you can't root for them and the only reason I can root for them is if I mute the TV in which case it looks like they're just like you know they're having like a minor like they're just she's confused and frustrated because he's still new at this um, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't play like none of this plays from a character standpoint like all of these people they, they're just so they're just so unkind to each other in a way that isn't good or refreshing compared to any other doctor companion relationship and it's just you're just like why like if the doctor hates her so or doesn't care as much as he seems to not care just get her out like don't be there like just don't Mm -hmm. be there and it just it just ruins it like completely ruins the dynamic um for basically ever um (laughs) uh and i mean that's the and that's the problem is that sayward's version of drama is characters who bicker but no one hates anything more in the in the world than bickering because it's so forced, it's so useless, and it's so contrived. Like no one wants it, and it's a bummer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's and it's I mean it's just it's just sad. Um, so uh, let's talk about let's talk about the violence because um, this is the story that gets slide, cited as just the violent um, mm-hmm. in a way that other stories don't. I mean, Resurrection of the Daleks is about as violent as this, but this goes just above and beyond because it just becomes, for lack of a better term, gory. Um, mm-hmm. And my question is why? Uh, because you just look at it and it's like, uh, if you remove just the sheer amount of fluids in this story, it's a lot more palatable. Like, if you just, like... Mm-hmm. PG out the, that gore, it actually mm-hmm. becomes not that bad. But then, Matt, but then it wouldn't be for adults. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> adults love bodily fluids. Oh, um, right. <laughs> yeah, they do. They they love bodily fluids, and they love it. Uh, they love it when uh, when people uh, smash ketchup packets in their hands. Um, <laughs> love it. Love it. Uh, it's their favorite thing. Um, no, I, you know, here's the thing. It's hard for me to, it's hard for me for the, for the, for the violence to bother me, um, here because it's so ridiculous, uh, because it's not realistically done at all. Um, you kind of just have to like, oh, that's what's happening. Okay. Well, I guess that's gross in theory. Like even, even the, even when, when the Cyberman crushes Linton's hands. Um, I, I'm just sort of like, I guess that's gross in theory, but it really just looks like he just, he just like squeezed ketchup packets in his, in his hands. Um, like it doesn't, it doesn't look violent. Like it just, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's, I mean, like that's, that's ultimately my thing with this is it's just like, I, it's violent in theory, but it's not particularly violent. Um, because in execution, because they just, they don't have the means to make it look violent. So it's all done in theory. It's all like everything that you're seeing. You're just like, if they had a budget for this, this would be horrendous. Um, uh, but they don't have a budget, so it's just it just co- comes off kind of adorable, <laughs> in the, in like that like oh that's cute you guys think that's violent um yeah. well, uh, sort of way it, um it's interesting because because Robinson said that they shot something that was much more violent and they edited it out because they realized yeah. they didn't need it and it like as much as I hate that scene because for one thing. The Cybermen in this are just violent for the sake of being violent like that part mm-hmm. where. That Cyberman just puts his hands on Griffith's head and just squeezes is just like 
I mean, it's just torture. Like, at that point, we're just glorifying torture. Um, and the Lytton scene is also that. Like, it's just glorifying torture, but with blood. Um, it just It's just, like, one of those things where it's like, this is your version of the Cybermen? And I see what he's saying. It's the same thing in Earthshock where, um, where the Doctor is, you know, up against the wall. He's got his back against the wall. And the Cybermen go... Well, now we will examine you and watch your emotional response to try and learn from it so that we can be better than your emotional response. That dialogue at least makes sense. I don't agree with it, but it at least makes sense. And the Cybermen here don't actually go for that. It just seems like they're being violent because they're naturally violent, which Mm. they're not. Um, Well, they already said that, so he doesn't need to repeat himself, right? (laughs) Four years ago. Um, Well, but he just wrote it. Like he just, just, I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, um, it's true. It's Eric, true. Eric, Eric Sayward's a bad writer. That's what I'm saying. He's 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 not good. No. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I I look at it and it's just like that's my that's my thing about this is just like it's not the violence isn't making any sort of commentary. It's just there to be like we can be gritty and it's like. Well, well, you just look really amateurish, is what you look like. Like the, there's a, the end. No, the, this is adult. <laughs> Matt, I don't think you understand the story at all. Look, I I apparently don't. I'm sorry. My my Doctor Who is children's television. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be Eric Sayward on this podcast, guys. My I'll be honest with you. The best the best the best Doctor Who is actually the Sarah Jane Adventures. I mean, I'm just gonna be totally honest with you. That's the truth. Okay, that is the Matt, truth. Matt, the violence in this story is meant to be violent. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I okay. I I know. It just makes me really uncomfortable as a, as a child. It's you know you're supposed to be uncomfortable because it's supposed to be. It's violence. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what that's what real men do is real men grab each other by the hand and just squeeze as hard as they can with their robotic hand. That's what people do. Uh, Mm -hmm. They they play hand crushed chicken. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why was he even a robot? They're just like, yeah, it happens. It's like, what? Do something with it. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. I, I saw that. And I always forget that Bates is part cyborg. And they're just like, he's like, yeah, I'm part cyborg. You want some? It's like what? What? What are you trying to say here? Um, <laughs> um, but I mean, like, oh, I also I love that that like I love that Bates and that other guy just happen to be wearing the same outfit that the Cybermen are wearing. <laughs> that makes me laugh. So like it, it becomes very easy for them to uh, to impersonate Cybermen. Yeah, by, by they decapitating just... a Cyberman with a baseball bat and then yep. putting on his head. Yep. Because <laughs> that works, the science definitely checks out there. Yeah, it's 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 totally a helmet. It's it's not a it's not a like a full fledged like cyber head at all. <laughs> um, it's totally hollow, and you can totally wear it on your face. Well, you could hollow out the skull. I mean, they mentioned that. The best part is like he puts it on, and it's just got cords hanging, and you're just like that fools nobody. Like. <laughs> That fools. That's fooling no one. And I love that even the director and the music person figure that out because it even says <laughs> there's even like a music scene that's just like wah wah right when it <laughs> right when he puts it on. And it's just like oh god, like like and and you can just tell when like the ra- the writing of it is supposed to be like super badass. Like now he's a Cyberman. It's like well no, like <laughs> well well no. Um. And it's just like I mean, it's just it's just problematic. Um, uh, and then finally, we have to mention the Cryons, who confession I actually kind of love. Um, yeah, no, I love them too. They're they're uh, they're mustachioed uh, ice women. Yes, yes, ice ladies. Um, 
Not intentionally that- ice women. I, Eric Sayward really wants you to know, and he's absolutely right about this. They should not have been women. There needed to be they needed to be men so that this story could be all men except for Barry. Yep. Yep, because uh, how would they fight the Cybermen? Well, they'd break a nail. Literally, that's a quote from him. That is literally a quote from him. How would they? How would they fight the Cybermen? Wouldn't they break a nail? <laughs> that is literally a quote from Eric Sayward. Um, Eric Sayward, feminist. Um, <laughs> this is. I mean, it's 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 uh, Eric Sayward is just a joke at this point. Oh, um, it's it's so it's so hilarious. It's, it's so hilarious. it's amazing and and. Not once does he think anything is wrong with what he just said. Oh, not at all. The guy is the guy is I have never seen someone who is so self-righteously defensive of himself. Like the guy thinks he was the thing. And like yeah. uh, even the part the best part of that thing is where he goes where he goes, People say that I just ripped off Robert Holmes with the double act. Shakespeare did double acts. And you're just like, Ugh. It's not like people are allowed to have friends. What you're writing are people who are diametrically opposed in the way that Robert Holmes was diametrically proposed. Like, hmm. what an idiot. Oh, God. Uh, just, oh, I love him. Like, Shakespeare I just, I, had double X. Oh, Shakespeare, it goes back to Shakespeare. You're just like... You guys, I, I'm the Shakespeare of Doctor Who. <laughs> Robert Holmes didn't come up Why with Why can't any of you see it? He was not a genius. Like, look, I'm just cribbing like he's cribbing. It's like, yeah, but... Robert Holmes did it in a way where you didn't even notice. Like, Robert oh, Holmes man. did it really interestingly. Like, wait until, and the best part is, wait until, like, Revelation of the Daleks. Because as much as he's talking about it here, Revelation of the Daleks is actually constructed and designed as double acts. Every character in that story has a double act that they're with constantly. And by constantly, I mean, like, standing shoulder to shoulder so that no character basically in that whole story is alone in a room with another character. There's a scene where Vostok and Orsini are standing next to um, the other two characters and they're just like shoulder to shoulder opposed to the other shoulder to shoulder characters. Like that's actually a thing. Like, so, so Eric Sayward saying that he doesn't create the double acts. It's like, well, no, you're just cribbing. Like <laughs> you're just, you're just ripping it off from another person and not doing a bad job. Like I admit that I do like revelation of the Daleks. Because it's not a Doctor Who story. Um, but <laughs> uh, or a Doctor Who story that you can only do in that. Um, but I mean like, oh, say word. Just amazing. And but like his cry mm-hmm. anyway, so the cryons, just like I do like them. Like I just think they're they're clever. It's a nice thing to sort of introduce. Um doesn't make sense that they are so against heat. Like can't like yeah. just so like they're just like, we designed our own refrigeration because that's the only thing the way the only way we sur- would survive. It's like, well, how did you survive before you created it then? Question. <laughs> uh, but but uh, uh, at least we get to watch one of them melt because they're women. Um, uh, um, I, uh, that's what's so funny about Eric would say where he's just like, how would they go to war with the Cybermen? Would they, they break a nail? It's like, I don't know. How do they go to war with the Cybermen? Wouldn't they melt? <laughs> Like and that that has nothing to do with gender. Like it's it's ridiculous. Eric Sayward is ridiculous. Oh, he's he is so, a bad writer. He's so funny. I love that he he spends so much time in the featurette just going like just going like you know we're forty five minutes we can make it more complex and more adult and more you know just build to a good conclusion and it's like what is your actual cliffhanger? Like what is your actual cliffhanger to episode one? Is the doctor is the Cyberman saying to per- saying about Perry? arbitrarily, I might add, destroy her at once and Perry just going like, no! And then it cuts to black. Like, 
Yep. And then we come back into episode two and somebody shoots the Cybermen. The yeah. end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The doctor's just the like, end. wait. <laughs> like that's and what's mm. funny is like, not only is that a terrible resolution to a cliffhanger, that is actually the revel- the same exact way that they got out of Visitation Part Three. Exactly the same way where the doctor and um and uh what's his name uh, and Richard whatever are up are literally about to get their heads cut off and someone just walks in spreads his arms and goes wait well you know what <laughs> if it ain't broken don't fix man don't huh? fix it and you know what <laughs> I'm with him for that I'm with him I'm with him on that um oh. I just imagine that's what he I imagine he's just like I imagine Eric say what a typewriter. <laughs> And he's like at his desk. He's like, okay, uh, what should this cliffhanger be? And he just looks up and he sees this framed quote that just says, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And he's like, you're right. And then he just writes, <laughs> he just writes, somebody threatens Perry um, and then and then gets shot. <sighs> <laughs> he's like, oh, I almost didn't have that for a minute. Whew. <laughs> um. Oh, Eric Sayward. Uh, oh. oh, my God. Uh, 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 also, also, love that the doctor just goes full Rambo at the end of this. Like, oh, goes, yeah, full Rambo. <laughs> the, like, I'm like, he is rolling and ducking and like and like shooting and just blows like he kills like six Cybermen because that's the doctor. I, I wanted him to I wanted him to pull off his pull off his tie and then just tie it around his forehead, like just tie it around <laughs> his head. And just go to town. <laughs> just do- just full on Dr. Rambo. Like, <laughs> oh, that would have been the best. I would have, uh, I would have completely, I think saved that would have endeared so many people. Oh, I would have, it would have, it would have won the whole story for me. I would have been like, okay, you guys are in on the joke. But yeah, it's like, if that had happened, I'd been like, okay, this is my favorite Colin Baker story. Oh, it was so good. Like, it would have been so good. And he just, uh, like, and he just relishes it. And then he just grabs Carrie, Perry, kisses her, and then throws her to the side. Like, just. Yeah. And Perry's uh, just like, what is happening? And he's just like, shut up. Go break a nail. Like, just like, <laughs> just like really horrible. Um, shut up, you woman. <laughs> and then he, and then he mugs, mugs the Litton. Am I right? And Litton's like kill me and you're just like oh god <laughs> and he's like all right and then just cracks his neck <laughs> and he just and then he's just like spits on the cyber controller who by the way <laughs> fat cyber controller is my favorite thing like oh. just oh no reason for it like just who was the guy who was no the cyber con- <laughs> it makes no sense oh yeah who was the who was the guy who was the cyber controller and tube of the cybermen let's get him so he's 20 years older and fatter like so you just have this fat guy just walking around and just looking comic, like just looking just so comic because he just he just looks like a balloon. Like it's just it's and it, because the Cyberman spacesuits are not flattering, so like mm-hmm. he just he just looks he just looks so ridiculous. And it's just like it's just like guys, you know what would have been better? Actually, casting a good guy to be your uh, cyber controller instead of doing a weird trivia thing. Um, but that's the problem. Anyways, yep. bad story, bad story, bad story. It is. It really is. <laughs> um, anyway, all right. Well, that's Attack of the Cybermen. Uh, before we continue to uh, the Sixth Doctor ebook, something borrowed. We want to con- want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where you can purchase any paperback, hardcover, omnibus, or absolute edition graphic novel, comic book collections at thirty-five to forty-five percent off. 
Uh, new release specials is 50% off every week. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping. So uh, buy lots of stuff and uh, send thanks to InStockTrades.com for sponsoring the show. Um, okay, so something borrowed um, is the six, uh, the six Doctor uh, ebook. We've been talking about all of these short ebook. Uh, ebook short stories that have been coming out for the 50th anniversary. Um, the Sixth Doctor one came out. It's written by Rochelle Mead, um, who is most well known from like the Vampire Academy series. Um, it should also be noted that all of the all of the writers for this are all uh, young adult. They're all YA writers. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's what's funny about this. Uh, there's a couple of things that are just very. It's very strange. Um, uh, this is first person perspective, which I was not expecting. Um, first person perspective from the uh, from the point of view of Perry, mm-hmm. um, which which yeah, I was really not expecting. I think I think my, if I have an issue with the first person perspective, it's that I don't feel like she nailed Perry's voice. Um, yes, and 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 which is a problem to have when you're in first person perspective. <laughs> um, I, cause I just, I don't think, I think like the dialogue was fine, but like when we were in Perry's head, like I just didn't buy that it was Perry. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the other thing, uh, this is a Ronnie story. Um, and <laughs> randomly a Ronnie story, but halfway through. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, not randomly. I mean, it, they were building there. Sure. Um, but it, it like it is, <laughs> it's, it's probably the best Ronnie story, right? Um, I can't think of one that's better. <laughs> By a, um, by a country I, mile. I think it's really funny, though, that Ron, the Ronnie's plot here is basically a Poison Ivy plot. Oh, um, my God. I thought the same thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and it's and it's and it's it's a bummer. It's it's a bummer because it's like I I really it really makes me sad when like a when when a woman writer is being kind of sexist. Um because it's like, oh, you use like one of the only female villains in in Classic Who, and you make her story involving a wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Um, so there's a lot of like questionable choices I think throughout this, mm-hmm. but I can't say that I didn't dis I I, I disliked it. Like mm-hmm. it was it was it was still a lot of fun, and I really love. I think she did a really good job of creating. Katuria, yes. Um, as a planet, like it's modeled after Las Vegas, and when you get married, uh, like like pre marriage, you're one person, and then you get married, and during that marriage ceremony, um, uh, the the this this uh, species that we're we're focusing on, like they basically regenerate. Um, in, in the middle of their wedding, like they both say their their I do's, and they place their hands on this rock, and then they regenerate together. So like. So that they are the first person that each other see as their new people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just sort of stuck with them at that point. Um, but it has something to do with like – like they spend like the first half of their life like trying to figure out what they want to look like so that when this moment happens um, and they change, like it's something that they've been uh, waiting to do for a long time. And they're just like, this is what I want to look like. And they – so they have a little more control over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can only do it the one time when they get married. Um and it's like it's all very interesting, like as far as like world building and and uh, uh, creature building um, or, or whatnot, alien alien building. I don't Star know what you would call that. <laughs> um, 
but it's 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 all really interesting and i i like the setting and everything it's just it's a bummer that it's just a wedding scam um yes I, that's just kind of a bummer yeah. uh but i i had a good time reading it i li- i really did like the world that she built mm-hmm. i was just like i was like man i was i was so excited for a female writer and then you just gave me a wedding story like yeah. can you be more stereotypical like yeah. really well, i mean to be fair in her defense um her her claim to fame is vampire academy <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know. That's still that's, but see, that's even more of a stereotype. Like, I don't know. Oh, oh, sure. No, I I hear you. I and I completely and I completely agree. I wish that it wasn't a wedding story. But when I when I found out it was a wedding or learned that it was a wedding story over the course of this, because and it's called something borrowed. Like, I don't know how I didn't see that coming. Um, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh, when I found out that it wasn't a wedding story or that it was a wedding story, I was like, well, that's what she's interested in. Like. Because she's not mm-hmm. writing Vampire Academy just, like, as a hacky, make-money opportunity. She's done, like, eight right. of them. I mean, I'm assuming right. that she does them because she likes them. Uh, it only kind of makes sense that she would go for, like, a supernatural wedding romance. And I thought that, like, that actual mechanics of it were done in, like, an interesting way. And I thought it was okay. Sure. I wish that it wasn't. I wish that it wasn't a Poison Ivy story. Yeah. <clears throat> and I wish that it wasn't the Ronnie doing that. But it's one of those things where it's like uh, the Ronnie here is the same problem as we had in Brainiac in Nighttime when we covered that on uh, <laughs> Superman. Because it's like yeah. your character is so broken um, mm-hmm. because the Ronnie's a terrible character. Um, mm, okay. Nah, she's a bad I don't agree. I don't agree. I don't think there's any such thing as a terrible character. I, I know what you mean. I know what you're saying. There's only bad executions of characters. Right. Um, the two executions that the Ronnie has had have been awful and incredibly misguided and wrong. Um, mm-hmm. and, I do. I don't think she's unsalvageable, though. Oh, I don't I really think don't. she's unsalvageable. This proves that she's not unsalvageable because mm-hmm. she's actually interesting and well done here. And I think that what makes her really great in this is that they're really captured just like her just mugging because uh, Kate mm-hmm. O'Mara, who played the Mari on TV, uh, the Mara, the Ron, the, the Mara, <laughs> the Ronnie on TV. There's too many thes in Doctor so Who. So many. And like, it's, it doesn't help that like the Mara and the Ronnie kind of based on the same like count consonants, assonance, and they, they, they sound mm-hmm. similar. Um, <clears throat> I know. Douchey poetry term. Um, so, <laughs> but I mean, it doesn't help that she's kind of based on that. Um, but I like that they just made, like, she just, like, there's a point in this where the Ronnie just, like, defiantly puts her hands on her hips and makes a stand. And I'm just like, well, you got that right. <laughs> like, well, you got that right. And, like, in, in, and the other thing that I really liked about Rochelle Mead here is that she does a really interesting version of the Sixth Doctor. And by interesting, I mean this is not my Sixth Doctor, because my Sixth Doctor is based on Big Finish. But what she does is she makes a very sure. palatable version of the TV Doctor. Um, yes. Which is technically the only one in continuity, right. not in our, not in, in your yours and I's uh, head continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, in in head canon, like you know, Colin Baker had a big long run with with great companions, and amazing companions. Awesome. Yeah, um, he was he was he was awesome. Uh, and and his best story ever was a was a three part uh, story with uh, Jamie McCrimmon. Um, yeah. <clears throat> um, but 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 uh, technically. You know, these are made by the BBC and BBC is not going to um, ever cop to the fact that Big Finish is in continuity. So, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But I think that, like, she did a nice job of, like, softening him up by but also, like, not soft, like, but still having that mm-hmm. brashness. Um, well, I think he what she's doing is she 
is a better writer than Eric Sayward. I mean, she's <laughs> writing the Sixth Doctor the way that John Nathan Turner intended the Sixth Doctor to be. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what he wanted him to be. Like, what Eric Sayward did, Eric Sayward was just like, mm, grumble, grumble, I hate Colin Baker, grumble. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her, you know, th- this is her saying, like, Colin Baker was great. Yeah. I love Colin Baker. Let me let me let me write him the best way you could possibly write Colin the Colin Baker the Sixth Doctor as like TV Sixth Doctor, and she did it. Yeah, and I still think. being like this violent guy. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, because she's she. Yeah, I love that line where he's just like, "It's really unfortunate I had to kill that dude." <laughs> and I was like, "Wow," <laughs> which which sounds like it wasn't a thing that was said, but no. Was a thing that was said. Uh, no, it was totally a thing that was said. Yeah, he's just like I, I really, I really hate I killing all of her dudes. Yeah, uh, I mean it's really just unfortunate that that they have to die. Like, just <laughs> like, like you're just like you're just like oh, your character's still so broken. But uh, <laughs> but I mean it, it did. She did make it work, and I was really I really admired it, and I really did. I I ended up really liking this. Um, uh, not as much as I like some of the other ones, but um, definitely like one of those like just these have been really consistent, really good, and I, I am always going to mm-hmm. say that so so long as they are. But um, mm-hmm. very 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 impressed, and still having a great time with these, and really excited for the next one. Um, yes, which we're getting next week. Not not um, next week, really soon. Two weeks. Two weeks. Oh, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I thought you know I thought that was next week. Right. No, I'm try- I try I'm trying to space them out as much as possible. It's not easy. Oh, oh you're right. Midnight's next yeah, week. Midnight's okay, cool. Next week. Yeah. Um. So uh, next week, midnight. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then and then after that, time in the Ronnie. Speaking of Ronnie. Oh yeah. Um, uh, well, we'll speaking see. of Ronnie and an ebook. Uh, time in the Ronnie and an ebook. Yeah. Um, which is about Daleks. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, a little behind on that. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> and the two, because two weeks after the we talk about Daleks in the ebook, we're talking about Daleks again. So, <laughs> so yeah, what is. can you do? Ah. What can you do? Ah. Not planned. Not planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the week after that, another ebook. Um, yes. Oh God, so many ebooks. So many ebooks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so, so, so that's a thing that's happening. Um, uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up. A lot, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of really solid stuff. Like, I mean, you know, time in the Ronnie notwithstanding, um, a lot of uh, stuff I'm really looking forward to coming oh, up. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, is there? A, I guess the invasion of time. Which look, is it a good story? Probably not. But am I excited to 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 see it? You're damn right I am. Uh, <laughs> if, if for nothing else, that to see that 15 seconds in context. Um, oh. Oh man, I cannot wait. Um, I, I like really like that's that's probably the invasion of time is probably in my top five stories that I've been dying to see. Um, I really, I just dying to see. It's um, like it's like Power of the Daleks, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Um, I've been I've been dying to see Invasion of Time because it's just legendary. Um so legendary. I can't I can't wait. I'm just going to I'm just going to watch and just laugh the whole time. <laughs> it's going to be my I'm just going to cackle. It's going to be my favorite thing. Um all six so, episodes. Yeah. Oh my god, it's six episodes. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Don't worry though. That's not till October everyone. You got some time to prepare. <laughs> Oh gosh. It's so funny. You look at this list and you're like, that's not that long away. And then, yeah, no, you're totally right. It is. It's totally October. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, next week, midnight, Mm -hmm. midnight, easy week next week. So nice. Easy week. So nice. I'm still recovering. So it's all good. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Bottle episode next week. Yep. Bottle episode. Yep. Is, that of, is it the only Doctor Who bottle episode ever? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, 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 episode <laughs> Episodes 12 and 13 of the first original series with Hartnell is a bottle episode. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. Cool. Edge of Destruction is a bottle episode. Oh, okay. In the TARDIS, yeah. 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 I, yeah, that's right. I remember that. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Heck yeah. Um, all right. So, David Tennant, midnight next week. And uh, but until then, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Twitter.com/slash Scott Corelli. Also Scott Commentary, where I apparently never live tweet anything. Um, uh, <laughs> but that's what it's for. Uh, <laughs> I'm live. T- I'm live tweeting the live announcement of the doctor of, of the doctor next t- t- tomorrow. Yeah, no. there was nothing. There was nothing. <laughs> there was nothing to say. Like the only thing there was to say, I said it. Um, <laughs> so I was expecting there to be more of a thing. Um, I also wasn't expecting the announcement special to only be a half hour. Um, so it seems like seems like a waste. It seems like you want to go the full hour. No, no, it's so funny because it was literally like <laughs> Peter Davison was there, and the the host lady was just what was Zoe Balls on her name? Yeah. She just goes, she goes, uh, so Peter. And he's like, yes. She's like, you were the doctor. Yes, I was. How was that? Um, I mean, I, and she's like, I imagine it was like the best experience of your life. And he was like, oh, well, I'm, I, I mean, I, I guess, uh, I, I mean, it, well, I mean, it was, it was certainly one of the most memorable experience. Uh, and like he talks for like 10 seconds. She never comes back to him. <laughs> like it was ridiculous it was it was like it was the worst um and it was a thing where it was like not only did she ask him a terrible question that wasn't really a question but then she answered it for him like (laughs) what a terrible host uh terrible host um i also love peter davison because he's just like look i had a lot of fun this was in no way the best thing i ever did like yeah no totally and i totally and i respect that (laughs) <laughs> yeah. No, I totally respect that. Absolutely. I'm just like, that's great. Good for you. Because, um, you know, I've seen most of his stories. I can't imagine that was probably the best thing he's ever done. <laughs> well, the writing was just so, so good. Uh, well, I mean, Eric Sayward. I mean, yeah. what do you expect? I mean, you know, broken <laughs> nail writing that hard. It was great. <laughs> Uh, no, that's not true. Eric Sayward is not a woman. Oh, my! I apologize for offending him. <laughs> oh, God. Eric Sayward. Like, oh, man. that He is the gift that keeps on giving. Like, it's oh, great. Wow. It's great. Wow. Oh, yeah. And then speaking of Eric Sayward, uh, you know who's a lot like Eric Sayward turns out? Uh, Stephen Moffat. Oh, so much like Eric Sayward. Did you hear that line? Oh, I heard it. I got it. Oh, my God. I I, I was like, that was basically, okay, there's a moment in the special, for those of you who didn't see it, um, there's a moment in the special where uh, Stephen Moffat says, yeah, no, I really love how uh, Helen Mirren thinks that the next Doctor should be a female. Uh, Hey, Helen Mirren, I think think the, the next queen should be a man. He actually said that in a pre-recorded segment. It wasn't live or anything. No. Yeah. In a pre-recorded segment. And in other words, he basically says like the, the doctor will be a woman over my dead body. (laughs) That's essentially what he said. And and possibly made a slightly homophobic slur. Possibly. Like, and, and like, and like, seriously, like people want 
like him to write the female doctor? You guys are nuts. <laughs> like I am I am a hundred percent behind a female doctor. I'm a hundred percent behind a black doctor, an Asian doctor, like whatever. Like I'm a hundred percent behind changing race, changing sex, whatever. Heck, like, let's that's... do it let's do a doctor who's actually a dog for like an episode. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. Fine. Let's Bring it. it. Um, bring an alien doctor. Like, why not? Who says he has to be human um, or human-esque looking? Um, oh, my, I want to my... cling on doctor so bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, seriously, like, seriously, we do not want that to happen as long as Stephen Moffat is running the show. Oh, heck no. You do not want it to happen. <laughs> Trust us. Trust I, us. I, I, tweeted I am about 100% behind your side. Everyone who wants uh, a, a, a non-white, uh, a, a non-white female doctor, like I am a hundred percent on your side. I want that too. I just don't want it as long as Stephen Moffat is head writer on this show. Oh God, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, I tweeted it yesterday. "Quote: Why am I a woman? How did this happen?" Unquote. And then the doctor just weeps and eats a Sonic cake. It's like a cake, only Sonic. Like, yep, that's Stephen Moffat writing a female doctor, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, like, that's that's the whole thing. I mean, what they're like, well, what happens next? It's like, no, nothing happens next. He's just eating cake. Sorry. Yeah, she's just he's eating just cake. eating cake and then like crying irrationally, um, yeah. because then, now he's a woman. <laughs> oh my and, and, god, and, and, it, was, and, it would be Stephen awful. You guys, the doctor's life just got apparently a whole lot more awful. Yeah, <laughs> no, seriously, anybody else writes that story. Like, the doctor would be like, oh, I'm a woman now. That's different. Okay, anyway, moving on. Um, because, you know what? I'm still the doctor. Uh, Stephen Moffat writing that story, like, it would just be like, oh, like, it would just be every woman stereotype possible. Like, oh, I guess I have to paint my nails now because I'm a woman. Mm. Doctor Let's has go to- shopping, guys. <laughs> like, has to solve the puzzle of himself. Oh, my, there would be a shopping montage to find his new outfit in Stephen Moffat's female doctor there would totally be a shopping i have to find my perfect outfit (laughs) like you have you have a tardis full of them and he's like yeah but it's just it's just not the same you know like i just i want to go shopping i have this doctor who credit card and i'm just gonna like it would be terrible you guys it would would be be every stereotype and you know what i kind of i like a part of me wants it to happen just so I can point at and be like, see, Stephen Moffat sucks, you guys. I've been telling you this. Yeah. I, w- I want that story to be called The Terror of Neiman Marcus. Like, that's really what, <laughs> what I want that to be called. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, no, it would be awful. Um, you don't want that. No. I'm 100% on your side. I absolutely want a female doctor. I absolutely want a non-white doctor. I just want anyone but Stephen Moffat to write it. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, that's, yeah. So that's that's all. That's all. That's all. That's all. I don't I don't think that's a, I don't think that's asking much. Oh, God, really? No. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so anyway, uh, as soon as we get a new showrunner, I vote next doctor. Absolutely. Boom. Bring it. Absolutely. Bring it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, let, let, let's go ahead and let, let him, let, 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 uh, uh, let the new guy just like, you know, uh, wrap up the, the, the white male doctor, you know, yeah. like just, just let him wrap it up for a while. As, as you know? he, as you came in cranky and old. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I want him to be so cranky. Oh, oh he's going to be God. so cranky. It's going to be great. Oh, I want him to be so cranky. It's, oh God, I want it so bad. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's uh, that's 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 today's episode. Um, next week, uh, David Tennant at midnight. Um, I 
Bye, guys.